This morning I've got a message that I believe is a timely message for us. I've been looking and seeing what God's doing and what God's wanting to do. I believe that God has some plans for this church, amen? I believe that he's preparing us for something pretty amazing and pretty great. I know that in my prayer life and in my time that I've been spending worshiping and, and just talking to God, he's been dealing with my, me for several months now about uh, some discipleship that I believe that God wants to put in place in this church. God wants to take us as a church to a new, to a higher level. I spoke several, several weeks ago about moving to another level. I don't know if you remember that or not. And uh, it's probably been a couple of months. But I believe that God wants to take us to a new level, a higher level. And I believe that part of it is going to be in the discipleship process, us growing, uh, n- not just numerically, but growing spiritually. And I believe that God wants to do some things in our hearts and in our lives that we may not have always experienced or seen before in the past, but we're fixing to see some new things because God wants to do a new thing in us and in our church. Amen. He's moving us in a new direction. We are, I believe that we're moving into a new era of our church. A new era. Not error, (laughs) but a new era. We've we've done made enough errors. Let's Let's go into a new era, a new place that God wants to take us, that God wants us to move us to. And I just want to encourage you that after today's message... If you see anybody that wasn't here, you need to encourage them to listen to this message. This is going to be something that's going to change our church. We're going to be making some changes. We're going to be doing some different things. We're going to be implementing some new things over the next several months. And they need to hear this to find out what God wants to do and what he's going to be doing in us. And I still believe that there are some parts that are missing that we need to put into place. Amen? Because God wants to do some amazing things. But about three weeks ago, God began putting a plan in place for our church. He began showing me a series of classes for each member, each one of you, to go through. And these classes will help each of you to develop into becoming all that God wants you to be. Now, if you've ever paid attention to our vision, uh, you will notice that there's three basic words that make up our vision. And those are seek, connect, and reach. And these are important. These are three important words that make up our vision of our church. Seek, connect, and reach. You're going to hear those several times today, and I want you to get these down in your soul. I want you to get them in your heart, and I want you to understand that God wants us as a church to seek after him. He wants us to connect with other people, and he wants us to reach lives. That's pretty plain and simple, amen? And he wants to take us to levels like we've never seen before. And I believe that this is going to be a big part of it. But seek, connect, reach. Through these classes, we want each of you to move, listen to me, from being seekers to becoming reachers. Do you hear what I'm saying? We, it's one thing to seek God and it's one thing to connect with people, but at some point, we have to become the reachers that God has intended for us to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to step out of our comfort zones and understand that God is taking us to a higher calling, a higher place, a higher level. He wants us to go somewhere far greater than we ever possibly imagined. Amen? 
So we don't want to just stay at seekers, but we want to become reachers. And we want each of you to move from just being a seeker that is always looking for something greater to becoming reachers, people that are interested in winning their friends, neighbors, family members for Jesus Christ. Each believer should be about winning souls and seeing individuals grow in their own relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you, it's one thing to get someone saved. We can all say a prayer, but to begin that discipleship process, that growing process to move along step by step, moment by moment, piece by piece is another thing. This is not a a sprint. You hear what I'm saying? We're not sprinting to the finish line. This is a marathon that we are in. This is a journey that we began when the day that we got saved and we are in a process of moving and and changing and becoming everything that God wants us to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? We need to be all that God is calling us to be. We need to step up and say, I'm not growing in my life. I need something that can get me to another level. I need to grow in that relationship with the Lord. Are you just in this lifestyle for yourself? Or are you in this so that you can see other people falling in love with Jesus, the one that died for your sins? Amen? And the best way that we can do this is by growing in our relationship and then helping others grow in their relationship with Jesus as well. We need to move from being just seekers to becoming reachers. And there's a process. You begin by seeking God. You start wondering who God is. Many people, before they come to church for the first time, what do they do? They start asking questions. Does God exist? Is God real? Is, is God something that I want to become a part of my life? There's a void in my life. There's something missing. I could probably sit there and ask every one of you to stand up and tell your testimony. And I don't know, maybe all of you, if not some of you might say, hey, there was something missing in my life. I needed a change. I needed something to take place in my life. I needed something different. And you decided to start seeking after God. I've looked for it in everything else. I've looked in all these different avenues and all these different ways, and I couldn't find it, so it brought me back to here. I need to go find out who God is and what he wants for my life. We all begin at some point as a seeker. We go, we get involved in the church. We start wondering who the Lord is. We start... figuring out his plans for us and and what he wants to do for us. But we don't want to just stay at being just a seeker. We need to move to becoming a reacher. Hebrews chapter 5, 13 and 14 says, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. We need to all move from being milk drinkers to becoming steak eaters. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can't just drink the milk all the time, amen? We need some steak. We need some nourishment. We need some food that can fill us up to be who God wants us to be. 
When you are immature in your faith, you lack a spiritual sensitivity and discernment about what is good and what is evil. You don't always understand what honors God and what dishonors God. But as you mature in your walk with God and you build that relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit becomes a part of your life, you train your spiritual senses to carefully distinguish between good and evil. And when we have the Holy Spirit working through us, we begin to see the things from God's point of view we are able to receive the solid food of God's word and grow toward the full maturity in our relationship with Christ so for the last several weeks I have been thinking about discipleship for this church what does that look like where do we want each of you and the new people that begin coming to this church need to grow where do we need to move on our spiritual journey how can we move each person along this path And before I share my plan with you, I want to remind you of what a disciple looks like. Jesus pointed out discipleship in many different places in Scripture. You can look all through the four Gospels and see where Jesus is talking about discipleship, becoming a disciple, following him. Some were more direct, others make you want to dig deeper to understand what Jesus was saying. Discipleship was very important to Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? Discipleship was very important. He took a group of 12 and he moved them from being seekers to becoming reachers. Do you hear me? Now, sure, one of them didn't pan out, if you know the story of Judas, but the rest were world changers. And if you have your Bibles with, me, with you this morning, go with me to the book of Matthew, and I want to read a few verses from chapter 8. I'm going to begin at verse 18. Matthew chapter 8. And I want to begin verse 18. Lord is good, amen? Amen. Matthew chapter 8, verse 18, it says, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Now, I want you to listen to me this morning. Some people think, look at this, and they think, man, Jesus is kind of cruel here. Why would Jesus tell someone to let someone else bury their loved one? The truth here is the disciple, this disciple probably wanted to wait until his elderly father died, which could have been years away. And Jesus knew that his time on earth was short and his ministry demanded full attention and commitment. This encounter is an example of the extreme demands and sacrifices required of those who follow Christ. How many of us are willing to make the sacrifice that we need to do in order to follow Christ? Are we willing to give up our comfortable lifestyle and lay our whole life down for the calling that Christ has given us? Are we looking for just another good teacher? Or are we looking for a Lord? Someone to have complete control of our life. You know, I love the story of Matthew, the disciple, Matthew wrote the first book of the, of the four Gospels. It's the first book of the New Testament. And Matthew writes about his own story in chapter 9. 
Look at verse 9 with me real quick. To me, this is someone that Matthew wanted to follow Jesus. I, I truly believe, if you, look at, if you look at Matthew's background, if you look at his history, Matthew was a tax collector. He was one of the most hated people in the city. They hated him. They hated tax collectors. You know why? Because they would cheat them. They would cheat all the people out of money. They wouldn't just take what taxes were due. They would take more and, and, and top of that. Plus, they would have their fees. And, and so they would do everything that they could to cheat. And so when Jesus came to Matthew and he walked up to Matthew, here's that conversation. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. And Jesus said this, follow me. And look what it says that Matthew did. Matthew got up and followed him. You see, Matthew left all of that life behind. Matthew didn't have it. He, I'm sure he had heard the stories of who Jesus was. Jesus had just started, he's just started uh, picking his disciples and going around and, 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 and re- recruiting or whatever you want to call it. You know, he, he had already talked to Peter. He talked to John and James and Andrew, you know, and they all had decided to follow him. And, and I don't know at, at what point, we, we don't know where the others come into play exactly, but we know that he had, uh, so Matthew may have been the last disciple that Jesus chose. I don't know, but all we know is that when he come to Matthew, he looked at Matthew who was doing his job, performing his job, and Jesus said, follow me, and Matthew didn't hesitate He got up from his tax collector's booth. He stepped out from behind that counter, and he followed Jesus. Now, this story is pretty amazing. Because if you look, uh, the next thing that Matthew does, I mean, after he has no hesitation, but he goes and he throws this gigantic party. (laughs) And he has this magnificent party. And Jesus is there, and Matthew's there, and all of Matthew's tax collector friends and all his sinner friends and and Jesus' disciples were there with him. They're learning how to become reachers. And Jesus gave them an important lesson that day. Look at what Jesus said in in verses 12 and 13. And Jesus said, it is not not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. You see, the reason that we should hang out with unbelievers is not for pleasure or entertainment or for close friendship, but for the sake of doing good and being an example and showing the way of salvation. At the end of chapter 9 of Matthew, we see what Jesus' desire is. Look at verse 35. Skip down to several verses there. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, look at this word, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It is here that Jesus is challenging his disciples to always remember that those who are spiritually lost, those who don't know and don't follow God, have a priceless, eternal soul, and they will spend eternity in heaven or in hell and we must reach them with the love and the message of Christ while there is still time. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? It's up to us to reach out and to show the love and compassion of Jesus. You know, many times we don't think about eternity 
until it's too late. Do you hear what I'm saying? We don't tend to think about eternity. Eternity is closer than what you think. Do you hear what I'm saying? We tend to think, well, I have a few more years left. I have a few more years left. Especially if we're young, right? When we're young, we're fearless, man. We'll, we'll ride just about anything. We'll do just about anything. We may, you know, jump from buildings and I don't know. Whatever the crazy stuff is, we'll try anything. Why? Because we're young, we're fearless, and, and, and we, don't, we don't feel like life is that short. But as we get older and we start getting older, we realize, man, I only got a few more years left, right? The body don't function like it used to. Do you hear me? Do you know what I'm saying? And we start getting tired, and we start getting weary, and we start thinking, man, my time is coming to a close. Can I tell you, for every one of us, eternity is short. I mean, not eternity, excuse me. Our life here on this earth is short. Eternity is forever. Do you hear what I'm saying? Eternity is forever. Our life here on this earth is short. It don't last forever. And we have to understand that time is running out. And we have to do whatever we can to, tell, to show people who Jesus is and how he loves them and how he cares for them. And that he went to a cross and he died for them. Hell is a real place. And that's why it's so important that we move people from being just seekers to us becoming reachers. Do you hear what I'm saying? Verse 38 makes everything clear to us. Jesus said, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. We need more reachers. We need people that are tired of sitting back and watching as people die and slip off into eternity. We need to tell others about Jesus. Time is running out. Time is short. We have to get off the milk and start eating the meat of God's word. And we have to tell our friends, neighbors, and family members that time is short. Chapter 10, Jesus sends out his disciples and he gives them instructions. Move on over to chapter 10, verse 7. It says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Think about this. If Jesus was telling them time was short, almost over 2,000 years ago, don't you think time is really short now? Do you hear what I'm saying? If Jesus was telling them that time was short nearly 2,000 years ago, and here we are in 2022, don't you think that time is short now? It's getting closer. Not only did he want them to preach the kingdom of God, but he wanted them to be accompanied by evidence of God's might and power against the forces of sin and Satan. There are evil forces out there, and we need to combat against that. It is Christ's desire that the kingdom of heaven and power be brought near to people so that they can receive the salvation, they can receive the help and the healing that they need from God. You know, over these three chapters of Matthew and the, the verses that I've read to you, you can see that Jesus found those who were seekers, and he moved them to be reachers. This is the process. 
It's time for us as a church to get a plan that each of us will work at to become reachers. We cannot stay at seekers. Do you hear what I'm saying? We cannot stay at just making connections with those that are here in our own church. We as a church must move beyond these walls and go out and reach the community that God has called us to. It is no accident. Do you hear what I'm saying? That you're in this community. It is no accident that you are in this church. Do you hear me? God has called you here, but he doesn't just want you to sit and stay a seeker. He wants you to get connected with those that are here and move to becoming a reacher. Amen? So here's the plan. As I pointed out today... Many people, before they even attend a church, they begin seeking. They're searching for something different in their life. They're looking for more, and they want more from this life. So many times when people see a need for God in their life, what do they do? They find a church. So new people many times come to church seeking God. And once they come to church, they begin finding ways to connect with people. They attend service regularly. They, they come early to church. They attend men's events or women's events. They get their kids involved in the activities that are meant for them. They find areas they can serve in. And then at some point in their life, they decide they want to invite their friends, their family members, their neighbors, so on. They become reachers. They discover the gifts that God has placed inside them. They begin using those gifts to help the church We, the church, we have to do our part. We have to provide opportunities for people to move from being seekers to becoming reachers. Do you understand what I'm saying? We don't want to remain seekers. We want to become. We want to move on this process. My plan this fall is to launch a series of classes that will help each person do just that. We want to move each of you through a series of classes that will help you become Reachers. We want to help you become all that God wants you to be. And now some of you may say, I'm already a reacher. And my thought is, then we need you to go through these classes with those that are working to become reachers for the first time. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's the beginning stages of these classes. These classes have never been done at this church or anywhere that I know of before. Some churches have stuff like this, but I believe this is what God has, has created for our church. So we're going to be learning and we're going to tweak this as we go. But these four classes that you can go through, each class will help you to grow in your walk with God. The first class is a basic class. It's what I'm going to call the Connect class. Now many of you will know most of the information in this class. We, we still want everyone to go through this. This class will last about three or four weeks. It will introduce you to the ins and outs of our church, CTC. You will know what our vision is, our core beliefs, and the doctrines that make up the assemblies of God, our, our, our beliefs. The second class is the grow class. I believe this is the class that's going to start you on a journey of growing in your relationship with the Lord. You will learn about salvation, what it means to be saved. You will learn about uh, water baptism, why we submerge instead of sprinkle, why we don't baptize infants. We will talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, what each gift means and their purpose. This class will help you to become all that God wants you to become. Can I tell you this? Don't don't push this off because you say, well, I've heard all this. I've been in the assemblies of God all my life. I know all this stuff. I'm going to teach you something that you may not know. 
You say, well, how, how do you know that? Because if you will open up yourself to receive what God wants to speak into your heart, you will learn something new. I promise you, God's Word is new every single day you open it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't care if you've heard this same verse 20 times. You're going to get something new out of it every time you listen to it. Because it's God word, God's Word. It's fresh. It's new. It's amazing. The third class is the serve class. And we want to prepare you to serve in any area of ministry. We will help you discover your gifts. We will show you areas where you can use your gifts and how to get started using your gifts. This class will better equip you in serving. And the fourth and final class is the go class. This class will help you become the leader that you were meant to be. And it'll take you into a deeper relationship with God. It will take you to new levels in your Christian walk. Our goal is to begin these classes sometime in the fall. We're still working on developing all of them, and we want to start that process. Now, some of you may only go through a couple of classes. Our goal is to move everyone through each class because I believe it's going to help you in your walk. But after you go through a class, we're going to want feedback. We're going to want you to tell us what you thought. Ways that we can improve. We want to continue to make this and continue to uh, uh, make this a part of the way that we do things here. And I want to close this morning by taking you back. And I meant to ask a question. I got, a little, I got going before I asked you this question. My sermon today that I've titled this is Jesus your rabbi or is he your Lord? Is Jesus your rabbi or Lord? You say, well, what's the difference? A rabbi was teacher. That's what a rabbi was. Are you interested in the teachings of Jesus? Or do you want a more deeper relationship with him as the Lord of your life? I want to read one more passage to you to close this message today. Go with me to the book of, or you're still in Matthew. Go to chapter 26. Jesus had just finished praying in the garden. You know, his, his disciples had fallen asleep on him. And as he was getting up, they were getting up to go before his accusers were coming. Look at verse 47. It says, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived with him. was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. And I want you to look at verse 49 real closely. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. Then the, man, then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. Look at verse 49 again. Did you notice how Judas greeted him? Judas said, greetings, rabbi. I believe at this moment, Judas has a different relationship with Jesus than any of the other disciples. Judas calls Jesus rabbi. A rabbi was just a teacher. All the other disciples had acknowledged him as Lord. Even Peter the man that would soon deny Jesus three times made the declaration in Matthew 16, 16. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
You see, each of the disciples has a relationship different from Judas. Judas just saw him as a teacher, but all the others acknowledged him as Lord. Amen? My question to you today is how do you acknowledge Jesus? Is he your rabbi or is he your Lord? I found something this morning. I didn't have this in my notes, but I wanted to read this to you. Can I tell you, these disciples gave up their life. And I've got a list of not just the 12, but a list of other writers. People devoted themselves to following Jesus. The ones, there's there's Mark in here, there's Luke. Uh, There's some of the disciples that are in here. Uh, There's some of the other writers of the New Testament. But I want to read, I want to read some of this to you. To finish up this morning, these people gave up their lives to follow Jesus. Even after Jesus died, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, they still continued to follow Jesus, continued to follow him. They were no longer seekers. Do you hear what I'm saying? They were reachers. They were going throughout. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. Acts 1.8 says this. In Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the world. Jesus never wanted them to stay right there in their home. Do you hear what I'm saying? He wanted them to go out. He wanted them to make other disciples. He wanted them to be reachers. And just like he wanted them to be reachers, he wants us to be reachers. We can't just continue to seek after God all this time. At some point, we have to get up and we have to walk out these doors and we have to go and we have to reach those that are crying out and they're hurting and they're needing change in their life. They're needing someone to reach down and to love them. So I want to read this to you this morning. Matthew, the man that wrote the book of Matthew, the the disciple, the tax collector, he suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia. He was killed by a sword wound. Mark, he died in Alexandria, Egypt, after being dragged by horses through the streets until he was dead. Luke was hanged in Greece as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. John, he faced martyrdom when he was boiled in a huge basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. However, he was miraculously delivered from death. John was then sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos. He wrote his prophetic book of Revelation on Patmos. The apostle John was later freed and returned to serve as bishop of of Edessa in modern Turkey. He died as an old man, the only disciple to die peacefully. Peter, he was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. According to church tradition, it was because he told his tormentors that he felt unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ had died. James, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred feet uh, down from the southeast pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. When they discovered that he survived the fall, his enemies beat James to death with a fuller's club. This was the same pinnacle where Satan had taken Jesus during the temptation. James, the son of Zebedee, 
was a fisherman by trade when Jesus called him to a lifetime of ministry. And as a strong leader of the church, James was beheaded at Jerusalem. The Roman officer who guarded James watched amazed as James defended his faith at his trial. Later, the officer walked beside James to the place of execution. Overcome by conviction, he declared his new faith to the judge and knelt beside James to accept beheading as a Christian. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, he was a missionary to Asia. He witnessed for our Lord in present-day Turkey. Bartholomew was martyred for his preaching in Armenia, where he was flayed to death by a whip. Andrew, he was crucified on an X-shaped cross in, in uh, Petros, Greece. After being whipped severely by seven soldiers, they tied his body to the cross with cords to prolong his agony. His followers reported that when he was led toward the cross, Andrew saluted in these words, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ hanging on it. He continued to preach to his uh, tormentors for two days until he died. Thomas He was stabbed with a spear in India during one of his missionary trips to establish the church in the subcontinent. Jude, he was killed with arrows when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. Matthias, the apostle chosen to replace the traitor Judas Iscariot, he was stoned and then beheaded. Paul, he was tortured and then beheaded by the evil emperor Nero at Rome in AD 67. Paul endured a lengthy imprisonment which allowed him to write his many epistles to the churches he had formed throughout the Roman Empire. These letters, which taught many of the foundational doctrines of Christianity, form a large portion of the New Testament. And these are those that I have. They never gave up their faith. They were no longer seekers, but they became reachers. And they died sharing their faith. I don't want to just be a a seeker anymore. I I, I don't want to just stay and make connections with you guys. I love you guys. But that's not what it's about. I want to go and I want to see us start reaching out. And you say, yeah, but I'm old. I can't do anything. Yeah, you can. There's something. Everybody can do something. It may just be praying for those that are lost. I don't know. I don't know what God is calling you to do, but whatever it is, God is calling you to do something. Whatever it is to reach the lost. Now, some of you are saying, man, I'm still healthy and vibrant, and I'm ready to go. Let's go now. (laughs) And so what we're going to do is we're going to put into place a plan for you to step out in faith and become who God wants you to become. It's It's no longer we to sit on the sidelines. Do you hear what I'm saying? I love football. Football's coming up. And there's always a saying, I want to get off the bench and I want to get in the game. You know what I mean? Football players or any player, any sports player, they want to get in the game. That's where the action is. That's where the action is. I want to get in the game. Amen? I want to be a part of the action. Can we stand this morning? Hallelujah. I just want us to take a moment. Can I just pray for you this morning? You can stay where you're at. I just want to pray over you this morning. 
I want to ask God to do a work in your heart and your life, each one of you. And I believe that God is calling each one of you to do something. Some of you may not have necessarily felt like you've heard what God is speaking to you. Can I say it's okay if you haven't necessarily think you've heard yet? I believe God will speak to you if we open up our hearts to receive what he wants to say to us. He wants to speak into us. Amen? So I want to pray for you this morning all over this place. God, I just pray for every person here. God, I truly believe that you're speaking into their heart. I believe that you're speaking into their life. I believe that you're telling, you're talking to them right now, right where they're at, right where they're sitting, right where they're standing, right where they're at, God. You're speaking into their life. Your voice. They may not understand everything that you're saying, God, but they're listening. They're opening up to receive from you right now. And God, I pray that you would just speak into their hearts. Speak into their life. There's places you want them to go. There's places you want them to go. There's things that you want them to say. There's, there's, that you want them to be. And so God, as you're preparing us as a church to pour into their lives, pour into their souls, to be all that you want them to be, help them to receive that this morning, Lord. Help them to receive that this morning. Can you just all worship him this morning? Maybe raise your hands and just receive what God is wanting to speak into your soul. God is wanting to speak life into you. He's speaking into you today. Lord, we receive from you right now. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We praise you right now. We magnify your name. We give you praise and glory and honor, God. We worship you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, Lord. We honor you today. Lord, we praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord, we praise you, Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. God, I worship you, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I give you thanks and praise and glory and honor. Lord, you're King of kings and Lord. God, I'll go where you want me to go, Lord, I'll go with you. I'll be who you want me to be, Lord, I praise you, Lord Jesus, I praise you. Hallelujah, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I love you, Lord. God, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we honor you today, God. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you today, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I praise you, Lord. I praise you. Lord, I magnify your name today. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you, Lord. Lord, I worship you, Lord. Because I praise you, Lord, I praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord, we worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. Lord, I praise you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you, Lord Jesus. God, I worship you. Oh, touch everybody here today, God. I praise you. Move in their hearts. God, in a mighty way, God, I praise you, Lord, I worship you, Lord, I praise you. Oh, we praise you, Lord, we praise you, Lord, we praise you. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus, we magnify your name, God. We give you praise, Lord, we give you praise, Lord, I worship you, Lord, I praise you, Lord, we're moving their hearts today, God, stir their hearts, Lord, use them to do a mighty 
tithes and offerings at the end of service um, you can drop those in those offering bags there's also a uh, offering box out in the foyer that you can drop your offering in um, it's a secure box that we collect from and then also you can give online as well we'd love to any way that you can we try to provide any way possible that you might want to give youth is tonight at six um, also, I want you to be in prayer and make plans. We're planning on uh, serving one meal a month to the Hope Campus. That's here in Fort Smith. We'll begin that in, in August. And it'll be the fourth Friday of each month. So uh, 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 Pastor David Lawson 